right, let's pray together. Lord, thank you for your holy book. Thank you that uh, it is truth. It is your word. And it transforms us. It transforms us as we hear it and as we apply it to our lives. We are transformed more and more. So thank you. And thank you that through your holy book, we can know you as Father. And so now, as only you can do, once again, we ask that through the Holy Spirit, you would open our our understanding, our minds and our hearts uh, on this Father's Day to understand more clearly what you say about you through your book. And that this wouldn't just be head knowledge, but it would really impact our lives as we leave here, knowing that calling you Abba is a privilege that we have 24-7. So Lord, uh, help us now to hear and then to do. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so earlier I shared about fellowship, and, and the core of fellowship is this commonality, what we have in common. And, and we've been emphasizing our, our commonness as a church. If you're a believer in Jesus... At the point of salvation, you are baptized, placed into the body of Christ or the universal church, right? There's, there's a commonality. We all share, right? And, and on this Father's Day, I thought, wow, Lord, thank you, because it just so happens in God's calendar of events that Father's Day falls in our series on fellowship, which relates directly to commonality. Look at Matthew 6, verse 9. Matthew 6, 9, very famous passage. Jesus is teaching his disciples how to pray, right? Matthew 6, 9, look what it says there. Jesus is talking. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. What's the very first word of the prayer? Our. It's a commonality. You see, again, prayer is one of those words that is, it can be very personal, very private, very individual. But what does Jesus say? Hey, when you pray, the very first word is our. We share this Father, God, in common. It's not necessarily just about me and my needs and what I want Him to do. He says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father. What a great link to biblical fellowship. It's an hour. Hour, and then he says, Father. Our Father. So if you're a believer this morning, you have something in common with the believers around you. Who is that? Father. Father. So, so here's the thing. It's very important because each of us sitting here have our own experiences with our earthly fathers. And yet, right off the bat, Jesus is saying, no, you all share the same father now. You all share the same spiritual father. And the question for us this morning is, do you know him? Do you know him? Right? I, you know, Bill, your, your, your series coming up, right? The attributes of... God. Right? And you read that, the attributes of God. Right? How about this? Wednesday night, summer night series, getting to know Dad. Does it change it? Right? 
See, many of us, when we hear God as our Father, we tend to look at it, we tend to hear it through an Old Covenant, Old Testament paradigm. Okay? In the Old Testament, God, the word Father is actually used very sparingly. And in the Old Testament, it has this sense of formality and this sense of authority and almost this sense of separateness. He's still Father, but it's very sort of hierarchical, authoritative. And my guess is many of us still view Father that way, predominantly. Now, we have to be very careful that we don't slide all the way over and He's our buddy. He's always going to be holy, holy, holy. He's always going to be other than us, separate from us. But if you're staying here, you've got to ask yourself, am I, am I relating? Do I understand God is my Father through the lens of Old Covenant? Old Testament? Because believe it or not, that plays out into how you live your life. How many of you, I, I remember, I've done this several times over the years of ministry when I get to know people or small groups. I'll say, hey, draw me a picture of God. You're under your, you, just picture yourself growing up and draw me a picture of your understanding of God. You know what many people draw? Lightning bolts. Right? Lightning bolts. Ernie, don't mess up. Right? And my guess is, some of us here this morning, if I were to say, what's the picture of God? Lightning bolts. Principle. Authority. Badge. Right? Wagging a finger. Big stick. Right? A lot of that is carryover from Old Testament. You know, maybe you saw the Ten Commandments growing up with Charlton Heston. And that like scared you. And you got that image stuck in your mind of God and whatever, you know. And, and, and this Father's Day, we really, we really need to stop and say, hmm, is it the attributes of God? Or getting to know Dad. Getting to know Father. You see? And, and, and it can get mixed up. It can get muddied based on our, on our experience in the Bible, based on our earthly experiences. Things can get messed up. I've shared this story with you before. When my oldest was at that stage when she was learning to talk, right? And, and you know, I'm kind of competitive, so I wanted her to say daddy first. But she was around Nadine most of the time because Nadine had the privilege of staying home. So she heard mommy a lot. So I would come home and I'd say, daddy, say daddy, say daddy, right? And, and I would just kind of like want to hear her say, Daddy. But at that age, because she was still trying to figure it out and, and, and was, you know, the, still developing, she got it mixed up. So she combined Daddy and Mommy and called me Dummy for like this season. Dummy. Hey, bye, Dummy. Dummy's home, right? Because she just kind of got it mixed up. And I think sometimes we get mixed up. And, and we try to sort through, Dad, what does that mean? What emotion does that evoke? When, when, when I hear God is Father, and I'm, am I drawn to Him? Do I want to spend time with this Father in reading the Bible and in prayer? Do I want to sing to this Father? Or, oh, I'm, oh did I mess up? Is He mad at me? Is He mad at me? Does He like me? Am I the black sheep of the family? 
How does this father, God figure, how does he feel about me? And so sometimes we, we have to really say, time out. Okay, what's next up? Because ultimately, we have to go to this as our source. Amen? And, and if something is not right in my understanding of father, if it's in direct conflict or contradiction to this, this wins. This wins. And, and how does that play out in your life? Okay, well, I've been scared. The Bible says I don't need to be scared. You're going to see that. How does that play out? Next time you talk to your father, by faith, you not be scared. By faith, you begin to relate to him as the Bible says you can. You understand what I'm saying? Okay, so we have to be very careful that we don't elevate our experiences above biblical truth. You have to be very careful, especially in this, in this word, Father, because it carries so much, so much stuff, so much weight, so much weight. And quite honestly, Bill, I'm so, I'm so excited that, that we're spending the whole summer getting to know our Father, because if we're honest, how many of us have ever spent any length of time getting to know our Father? We just... We come, we sing songs, we read about Him. But do we know Him experientially? Experientially. Do we know Him? I remember, you know, I share with you, uh, my dad, I love my dad dearly, but he, he was a provider, but he wasn't like a talky kind of guy. We didn't sit down and chat. He, was, he loved us dearly, worked really hard, left early, came home kind of late, but he loved us. But I never really got to know him. And then I remember the day, you know, it was just he and I, he drove me up to UCLA to move me in, and, and it was like three hours, just me and him. And I'm like, I don't even know how to talk. <laughs> what are we going to do for three hours? It's a long trip because we hadn't developed that, that, that relationship, that comfort. And it worked out good. You know, I ended up just asking him all kinds of questions about him and how he grew up and just getting to know him relationally. But that, that was a choice I had to make. I could have sat and slept the whole time. I could have turned up the radio. But I was like, no, you know, I'm moving out and, and I have this opportunity, just me and Dad, and, we're, and it's going to be three, three and a half hours. As uncomfortable as it is right now because we just don't do this, we weren't raised doing this. I'm going to do it. And so I just, you know, by little, you know, you just ask questions and it's factual. And, but it was good. It was important. But it was a choice I made to get to know my father. And it's a choice we need to make as believers to, to get to know him. Because you may find out that things you're dealing with, attitudes, habits, life choices, as a believer... You may realize, go, oh my gosh, I just never knew that about him. <laughs> You've been making assumptions about him. You picked up something along the way and it has colored your vision of Father God and you, and as a response, without having taken the time to check it out, you just took it and you went. How many of you have ever had a conversation where, where you're a believer, you're trying to share your faith, and this person who doesn't know, isn't a believer, doesn't even know anything about the, really the Bible or God, just says something negative about your Father in heaven? Right? And you're like, dude, where did you pick that up? And, and even as believers, we have, to be, we, have to, we have to be very careful that we haven't picked up things 
that don't line up with Scripture. Okay, that don't line up with Scripture. So turn to John 10. And let's, let's understand what Jesus was trying to teach us. John 10. So in the Old Testament, Father was very patriarchal, very formal, very authoritative. That's Old Testament Father for the most part, right? But look what Jesus does. He shows up, John 10. Verse 27. John 10, 27. Jesus says, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. What? Now remember, these are Jewish leaders who have seen the old, who relate to God, Old Testament. Creator, completely separate, authoritative, hierarchical, right? And along comes Jesus. Hey, I'm one. It was mind-blowing. And, and please, see, we grew up in the church and we hear this all the time. Do not minimize that. Do not minimize your privilege, my privilege, to relate to God in the, under the new covenant. Because the religious leaders, they weren't happy. Understand that. That was blasphemy. That, that was just straight up heresy. You're saying that that God, the Old Testament, Old Covenant God, you're one with Him? That's not even possible. Not even on the radar. And that's, that's the start. You have to understand, under the new covenant, through faith in Jesus, you are enabled, you are privileged to have a relationship with Father God that was unheard of. Unheard of. Not even remotely possible. And along comes Jesus and says, no, I'm one. Hey, and by the way, through faith in me, you can have this relationship with God the Father. Ah! Right? So, so right out the bat, I and the Father are one. Religious leaders go crazy. They go nuts. What are you talking about? He's talking about a new covenant. He's talking about who he is and ultimately what we can enjoy through him. Right? And then he does this. Turn to Mark. So you're going to go back. Matthew, Mark, second book of the New Testament. And then he takes it even further. Even further than just saying, I and my Father are one. Mark 14, verse 32. Mark 14, 32. They went to a place called Gethsemane. And Jesus said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. He said to them, Stay here and keep watch. Going a little farther, he fell to the ground and prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. This is a word you want to circle, underline, whatever you want to note if you're comfortable writing in your Bible. Abba, Father. He said, Everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but 
you will. That word, Abba. Abba. Now, in the synagogues, Jesus and the disciples, they would read from the Torah in what? Hebrew, right? The everyday language and speech in, in the New Testament was Aramaic. That's like everyday language, right? They would use Aramaic. This word, Abba, is really derived from the Aramaic, okay? And what it is, it's kind of like, you know, when that little kid is learning to say mommy and daddy, Abba is daddy. It's very personal, very intimate, very familial, very family-oriented, and it derives from Aramaic where the little kid is say, daddy, daddy, daddy. And so Jesus comes along and he says, Daddy. And in this culture, what had happened is it had developed to where it wasn't just a childish phrase anymore, but adult sons and daughters in that culture began to use Abba as a term of endearment and a term of love for their fathers, their earthly fathers. So when he says Abba, it's revolutionary. It's revolutionary. Don't miss that. Jesus is now saying, hey, that Old Testament God that you fear, that is separate from us, that is holy, 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 that is way out there, He's Daddy. He's Papa. And it's revolutionary. It's revolutionary for what it, it speaks to us under the New Testament, under the New Covenant, right? Let's look at Galatians 4. We're going to do a little bit of survey here. Galatians 4. What does this mean for those who put their faith in Jesus? What does it mean? Turn to Galatians 4. Starting in verse 4. Galatians 4, 4. But when the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those under law, that we might receive the what? Full rights of sons. Because you are sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. The spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you no longer are a slave, but a son. And since you are a son, God has made you also an heir. Who's he talking to? Who's he talking to? The Christians in Galatia. Thank you. And he's talking to who? Everyone do this. If you're a believer, and do this. So let's make it personal. Let's, let's, let's reread it. See, you have to learn to make, make God's word personal. But when the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we, that I, might receive the full rights of sons and daughters. Because you are sons and daughters, God sent the spirit of his son into my heart, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So I am no longer a slave, but a son or a daughter. And since you are a son or a daughter, God has made you also an heir. Now you realize we can just stop right now and let you go home and try to grasp the fact that you're an heir. You're no longer a slave. Remember we talked about freedom and, and who we are in Christ? 
a lot of Christians, man, we, we just live under this, this yoke of slavery, this bondage, trying to, trying to please that God that's way out there, hoping he, we don't mess up because he's mad at us. We live under slavery, under this yoke. Remember Jesus said, hey, take that yoke off of you, that burden. Come to me and take my yoke, right? Part of his yoke is understanding who you are in Christ. You're no longer a slave to fear. Is that worth an amen? You're no longer a slave. You're a son and a daughter. You get to call him dad, papa, abba. And here's the crazy thing. Well, I'll take a survey. Let's see who's, who's, who's there. Anybody here ever pray using Abba? I challenge you to. I challenge you to see what happens. When I learned this and, and, and as a believer, it changed, I started praying this. See, because we say, Dear God. Dear God or Lord. Nothing wrong with that, right? Get it right. Tonight. Or before you leave church. I don't want it to be tonight, right? <laughs> Could be right now. Next time you pray. Abba. Papa. And see what it does. Because that's relationship. That's the relationship He wants with you. He doesn't want you coming at Him like you're going to the principal to explain your bad behavior. Well, you know, it wasn't really me. It was Bill. Bill made me do it. You know, I mean, your words are so powerful. And if you will change one thing in how you pray, go to him and say, Abba? Abba? And see what that does to your, the atmosphere of your prayer the atmosphere of your prayer just by starting it with Abba now that you know what it means now that you know it, and now that you know you have permission now that you have permission right turn to Ephesians 1 it's the next book over Ephesians 1 verse 3 praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ Ephesians 1 3 who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. So the other verse that says we have full rights, this one says we've won the spiritual lottery. <laughs> You've won the spiritual lottery, it says right there, you have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Every spiritual blessing, it's yours. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us to be what? Adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. Turn to Romans 8. So you're going to go back left. A couple books. After Acts is Romans. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Acts, Romans 8. Romans 8. 15. Romans 8. 15. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship. In the New King James, it's adoption. But you received the spirit of adoption. And by him we cry, 
Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in His sufferings, in order that we may also share in His glory. That word adoption, simplest definition, is to place as a son. Now, when, when Paul, his model for adoption was the Romans, right? Because adoption really didn't happen in, in the Jewish culture in, in the Old Testament. When Paul is referring to, he's speaking to the church of Rome, and in that culture, adoption, adoption was incredibly wonderful for the one who being adopted. For the one being adopted. You take this poor, young person, maybe has debts, maybe has a lot of baggage, a wealthy person adopts them into the family. What happens to all the debts? Clear. Now, what does this new child in the new family get to enjoy? All the rights and privileges. As a birth child. And what Paul is saying, hey, Christians, are you appreciating your adoption? into the Father's family? Or are you still living according to where you came from? You've got to understand adoption. Adoption. If you're a believer, you have been adopted into God's family. All the debts are canceled. Your past is the past. You have all the rights and privileges of being His son or daughter. Amen? The question is, what are you doing with it? What are you doing with all that is yours as his son or daughter as you sit here? At least smile. At least smile. But this is what I'm talking about. Even as believers, we carry all this baggage, all this stuff of how I used to be, all this stuff, all this stuff, all this stuff. And he's like, and, and, and I can just picture the father like, what are you doing with all that stuff? Well, I'm taking it with me. What do you mean you're taking it with you? You're adopted. You're not my son. You're not my daughter. Leave it. Leave it. You know that verse, you're a new creation? You're the one who's in Christ, who's in the creation? Where does that come from? Adoption. You've got to leave your stuff. Because you've been adopted and you have full rights and privileges as a child of God. Amen? Right? Happy Father's Day! <laughs> woohoo! That's a woohoo moment! You have a Father in heaven who, through His grace, says, Oh, you put your faith in Jesus? You're my child! You got every spiritual blessing. I consider you an heir. And while you're on earth, here's the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Amen? Come on! This, this is like. Adoption. We are all adopted into the family of God. Stop seeing yourself as the orphan. You're not. In fact, I, I love it's a change of position, right? Turn back, turn to Ephesians. Turn to Ephesians. Ephesians five eight. First Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians. Adoption is a change of position, okay? It's a change of position. It's, a, it's, a, it's moving into a relationship with God. Look at Ephesians 5.8. Ephesians 
For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. So question, what kind of child are you living as? A child of darkness or a child of light? Are you living as an orphan out there under Satan's rule and being ruled by the flesh? Or are you living as a child of God, indwelt by the Holy Spirit, set free to live a brand new life? What position are you living out of? You choose. You've got to choose. Every day you wake up. I am a child of God, adopted into His family with all the rights and privileges, indwelt by the Holy Spirit. I choose to live that way today. I choose that. Amen? And when the devil and all your friends say, well, I knew you before, and, and that's not real, and that's not real, you say, you know what? On the authority of God, it is as real as it gets. I may not understand it fully, I may not even get it fully, and I'm still imperfect, but on the authority of Scripture, I'm claiming it as truth. And I'm going to live this way. I'm going to live this way. You realize God could have forgave your sins and not adopted you. You ever think about that? Justification, declared not guilty, fully righteous. He could have forgiven your sins without adopting you. You're forgiven. He didn't stop at that legal declaration. He said, Betty, you're justified. Not You're forgiven completely, but beyond that, I'm adopting you. A lot of us will acknowledge that we're saved. Amen? Put your hand up if you believe you're saved. Put your hand up if you believe that you're forgiven. Past, present, future. You put your hand up if you're justified, right? Now keep your hand up if you're just as sold out on adoption. I think, because he's yelling a lot today. <laughs> you know what I mean? You've got to be sold out on adoption. Amen? You're not just saved from sin. You're not just going to heaven. You are adopted into his family. You are a child and heir of Christ. You've got to be sold out on adoption. You've got to be sold out on adoption as much as you are sold out on salvation and regeneration. and You've got to be sold out because it's just as true. It's just as true. You're not just forgiven your family. Turn to the person next to you and say, your family. Your family. Right? See, <laughs> a lot of us walk around and we, we rejoice. I'm forgiven. I'm forgiven. Heaven is my home. I'm not going to hell. Right? Sing that song and say, I'm forgiven and I'm family. I'm forgiven and I'm family. Your family. Your family. He loves you as family. I can't even... I don't know what that means yet. I'm honest. I don't know what that means yet. He loves me. as In the Roman culture, an adopted son was not just a, an other, a second. An, you know, oh, we... No, it was in. You're in. You're in. There is no distinction. When you're in God's family, there is no distinction. You're just in. In like you've never been in in any other relationship ever. Ever. Look at what I put on the front of your bulletin there.
quote I found that just kind of hit it on the head. As adopted children, we can enjoy the same favor that Jesus has with the Father. What? (laughs) We too are the apple of God's eye, the pleasure of His love, the delight of His focus. And if we didn't get all that we wanted or needed in our human fathers, we are invited even more deeply into the pleasure that the Father of heaven and earth takes in His Son and us. We have been included in the family and hear the Father say, You are my child, whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. We now have the Father we always needed and wanted. Does it rock your world that He's as pleased with you as He is with His Son, Jesus? Because positionally, you're clothed in the righteousness of Christ. And positionally, you're adopted into his family. He says, you're in. You're in. And I see you clothed in the righteousness of my son. And I'm so pleased with you. And this Father's Day, those of you who have been struggling in your relationship with your Heavenly Father, we just kind of touch the tip of the iceberg here. Spend time. And know that if you're a believer, if you put your faith in Christ, you're not just forgiven, your family. Your family. He's pleased with you. He loves you. You're an heir. You're an heir. And then he says, Hey, you once were darkness, now you're light in my family. And then he just he just says this Would you go live as children of light? Just go live. And you know what the wonder thing is? As you live in the power of the Holy Spirit, here's, here, here, here's what happens. Wes, what got into you and, and you're sharing, right? You know what you're really saying? Well, I'm part of a new family. And I, here, here's what I get as part of my new family. And I'm just living that. And you know what we really want people to do? Be a part of the family. You get it? As we live as children of light, as we walk in newness of life and the power of the Holy Spirit, our prayer should be, hey, community, come join the family. Come join the family. It's the best family ever. Amen? So the question is this week, are you going to walk around proud of your father, wanting to glorify your father, wanting your life to say, join the family. Come on. Or... Woe is me. I'm I'm in the family, but I'm just making it. You want to join the family? Come on. Is the community out there going to want to join that family? I don't think so either. We are heirs of the king. We are adopted into the family of God. Live your life in such a way that people want to be in your family. And then they'll say, how do I get in? Faith in Jesus. Faith in Jesus. That's it. By grace, through faith in Christ, you're going to be part of the family. And I'm going to help you know what that means. Because I'm going to be right there with you. Amen? Amen. Let's pray together. Father, on this Father's Day, we say Abba.
papa. Daddy. Our Abba, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. And so, Abba, thank you for your word. And Abba, help us all to understand the profound supernatural truth what it means to be adopted into your family. You are pleased with us. And Abba, my prayer is for those who have been in bondage to fear and slavery that they would take the time and make the necessary changes and choices to be in line with your truth of who we are in Christ as an adopted son and daughter. And Abba, my prayer is for those who may be here this morning never understood what it meant to be adopted, never understood even Christianity. And maybe this morning it's completely different because Christianity is about becoming a child of God through faith in Jesus. Christianity is about being adopted into the family of God and being able to call God Abba. And my prayer before communion is for those here this morning who have never put their faith in Jesus, that they would profess, believe in their heart, profess with their mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. That Jesus Christ died for their sins, paid the penalty that could never be paid by men. And they would receive Christ by faith as Savior and Lord. And for us, Abba, as we leave, may you fill us with the power, the joy, the fruit of the Spirit so that others this week would, would be drawn to the family. Would be drawn to the family as we appropriate who we are in Christ as adopted sons and daughters. So we take this time of communion to reflect on Jesus, to remember Jesus, but we also use it, Abba, on this Father's Day. To remember that through faith in Jesus, we get to call you Abba. And you love us just like you do Jesus. Amen.